Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Welcome to Social Media News Live, where we keep you up to date on what's happening in the world of social media. We're going to talk with industry experts, innovators, creators, and storytellers about the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. And we're going to broadcast live so you can ask the questions that matter most to you and your business. I want to introduce my pal, Eric Fisher. He is going to be sitting in for my co-host this week. He is the producer and host of the long-running Beyond the To-Do List podcast for over eight years. Man, that's an old podcast. But he talks with real people (laughs) who implement practical productivity strategies in their professional and personal lives. He is also the director of social media education for Agora Pulse, where he heads up the social media manager school we mentioned earlier. This show is brought to you by Agora Pulse, and uh, it is the best social media management tool to let you post, monitor, schedule, and report all in one place. And it, this is brought to you by the Social Media Manager School. You can go to socialmediamanagerschool.com. It's powered by Agorapulse, and you can get more than 70-plus hours of free social media training. So go to socialmediamanagerschool.com and check it out. We are joined today, by the way, by one of my favorite people. She is so smart. I just, I always just like get all the good stuff from Holly Homer. She's going to be talking about what's new in influencer marketing and how to manage employee engagement. And we're also going to be covering the latest updates to Facebook pages, Clubhouse, Have you heard about that? And Twitter Spaces. But if you don't know who Holly is, she is a professional blogger running Kids Activities Blog and the Quirky Mama Facebook page. She has used her blog and social media as a laboratory over the years and tests all things traffic and the algorithm. She is also a best-selling author. Her three books have sold over 215,000 copies, and she's logged over 1,000 hours on live video doing everything from teaching blogging, selling clothes, crafting with crap, which is one of my favorite ones you have done, and opening oysters on the internet. She's got a a podcast you guys need to check out. It's the Jamie and Holly Show, and you can find that at thejamieandhollyshow.com. That's jamieandhollyshow.com, so make sure to check that out. Holly, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be your first guest. Well, my pal Grace Duffy, who is, uh, I I miss so much, but she goes, Holly Homer is the best. So uh, she, (laughs) you got some fans, uh, my uh, Abby Alter also, she's another Dallas uh, friend of yours and mine. Hey, Abby, thank you for joining today. And uh, this is going to be a fun show. Uh, Eric is Mr. Podcast, says Ian (laughs) Anderson. Great. So um, yes, and a shout out to Agorapulse. They are uh, kind of changed uh, Ian's life. So Uh, Thank you guys for for that. So let's jump right into the news. This first piece of news, it's about we're talking about today about um, influencer marketing and some involving demographics because things they are a changing on social media. And there's this article from on Medium that said Instagram is dead. It just doesn't know it yet. This was an interesting thing. Grace and I had a little bit of talking about it kind of offline. And she, you know, I agree. I don't think Instagram is dead is dead, but the demographics demographics are changing and sometimes in a good way because it's getting a little bit harder for spammy influencers to be scammy but one of the things in that article they said from the influencer's perspective their entire business model is under siege under siege brands would rather pay influencers to market their products on instagram versus paying instagram to market their products so it's in ig's best interest to ruin influencers so i wanted to know um Holly, what your thoughts are on this, because I know you do a lot of brand deals. You have a lot of sponsorships and that kind of thing. So is the return on investment like increasing or decreasing for your business on Instagram? 
I gave up on Instagram probably about a year ago um, because mm. I saw the writing on the wall. Um, I have over 300,000 followers on Instagram that were none of them are paid for. <laughs> like they were all organic followers. And I, I mean, whatever I post over there uh, is pretty much dead on arrival. So it like the only reason that we're still on Instagram and that I still post over there is because a lot of my brand deals that are with my blog and my Facebook page include Instagram. So but that's the only reason I'm over there. Um, it's it's bad. And I do feel like the I feel like the influencers are under siege. I think that's a really good point made by that um, article mm -hmm. because like, I feel like we're fighting against the platform instead of like, we built that platform, like right. <laughs> that content that we put out there built the flat platform, but then the platform has turned against us. Mm. Interesting. So Eric, I know you had some questions for Holly too, that you. Had yeah. It, well, my, my, you said you gave up on Instagram, you know, about a year ago. Do you think, what was part of that um, decision-making process? Do you think that, Instagram is losing, say, the, the public trust as being part of Facebook? Yeah, well, so like, and this, the funny thing is, is like, like, I gave up on it about a year ago so that like, and by giving up, I mean, I still pay someone to like go and post over there on a daily basis, but I, I'm not in the middle of the strategy. We're not like having a, we're not rolling anything out new on Instagram. You're going to see the exact same thing that you saw a week ago from us. Um, and so like all our brain power has just been pulled back from the platform. And part of it is because it was like, like no matter what we did, it, like it was diminishing returns. And so I just like, it wasn't worth it and it wasn't worth the fight, I guess. Mm. Yeah. So, so you're maintaining oh, a presence though, mm -hmm. even though. Yeah. 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 And we're just in maintenance mode. I mean, I think, you know, it's kind of like what we did with Twitter like 10 years ago, <laughs> right. you know, we're still there, but we're it's, it's, it's not anything like we're not actively trying to do anything better. So I guess my question is, and I think a lot of people, you know, who may be watching this and there, there's new people coming into social media, especially with everything that's going on with, you know, COVID and there's been this rush to, to get on social because sometimes that's the only way people can get, you know, business. So do you think businesses, would you advise them to start using Instagram if they haven't started yet? Or would you like say, you know, maybe not? I mean, what are your thoughts on like a new business coming in, Holly? Yeah. So like, I think if your customers are squarely on Instagram and that's where they are, then, and, and I truly believe you can only build one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. And so like, if that's where your customers are and that's, and you like Instagram, that's the other thing is don't get involved in a social media platform you don't like mm -hmm. because you're never going to conquer it. Um, and so like the, if that's where that is, but if you if you're like, yeah, I don't know, I don't, I can't decide which one, then I definitely go to the newest one because the newest one is always going to have the best algorithm for reach. Um, and that's, <laughs> you know, like one of the things that like that articles talked about was how, you know, there's less and less users and there's less and less reach. And that's the bottom line is the users go where there's reach and because they follow things they want to actually see. And then when the algorithms start pulling that content back from them and you never see them again, then that's when those, those <laughs> social mm -hmm. networks just start like degrading. And so like, if, can I just tell Facebook and Instagram how to fix this? <laughs> sure. Let's hear it. <laughs> okay. Like if someone signs up for a notification, let them have that notification. That's what people are running around the internet trying to find a way to like actually see what they signed up for. Do you not know why podcasts are, are exploding? It's because when you sign up for a podcast, you actually get it delivered every single time it publishes. So if like if Instagram wants to fix this, then if someone follows me, then they need to see what I post. Mm. Yeah. Tell us how you really feel, Holly, because <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, so Ian says, he goes, this is a common story. The platforms turns against the people that built it. In fact, in, in this article, there was a lot of things like it, 
It's a mathematical impossibility with the way they have built their businesses is that it's built on continuously getting new users and you're going to run out of new users eventually. And so then what do you do? So anyway, very, very interesting. So, uh, Ed Grace goes, you tell him Holly. So <laughs> go get them. So anyway, yeah, I mean, it's, it's frustrating. Yeah. Somebody, well, somebody equated it to like, okay, I have built an email list and then all of a sudden I only get 30 you know, if I build an email list of 100 people, then I only get 30 of those and I have to pay to, to send out to the rest of that email list, which is ridiculous. But we allow it on social. We totally allow it. And this is something that like, you know, we did so much um, live video on Facebook. And this is kind of where this like, my, my bitterness started <laughs> um, <laughs> is that we would like all these people wanted to see our live videos. So they signed up for notifications and we talked, we taught people how to sign up for notifications. And then Facebook started not sending out the notifications. And then we taught them how to sign up for the text notifications that we were paying for. And then we were sending out text notifications to send people to pay Facebook live. And then I'm like, if we are like the ones notifying the people, then we could send them anywhere. <laughs> and guess what? We did. We right. sent them away from Facebook, but that's what, that's what I don't understand. Facebook has no clue. That's why that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Well, so my, in, in light of that, do you think that still brand ambassadors have an important part to play in business in this coming year in 2021? I do because like social media is all about connecting with other people. And I mean, especially, and I, you know, I feel like, you know, the year 2020, like proved that, you know, just hands down, you know, we were just in search for connecting with other people. So as long as the, as the, the social media network is allowing those connections, it will be viable. As soon as it starts <laughs> decreasing the connection between people, which we're seeing on Instagram, which we're seeing on Facebook, um, when people are afraid to say something, when people are like, are, are not able, like, for instance, I run kids activities blog. <laughs> we don't do anything controversial. You would, and we don't do anything political or religious or anything. Like we are like toast. We are internet <laughs> toast. And yet I got marked for fake news this summer. And when you get marked for fake news, you get like all this stuff. And then like USA Today wrote this big rebuttal piece about like how I was wrong. By the way, I was quoting the CDC, so I, I don't even understand what was going on there. Mm. But um, the the truth is, is when your eyes are opened to how we are being manipulated, <laughs> then people start getting getting nervous. And I think like the Instagram, um, you know, the changes uh, that they're making that like Instagram can just turn on your camera. I mean, it's basically in the terms of service that like people, guess what? People don't like that. Like people want to get, go on social media to connect with people, not to have everything recorded, not to be sold something, not to be, and you know, like, so I, I, I don't even like, I feel like they're going just full speed in the wrong direction right now. Yeah. Yeah. So Trevor says this, he goes, he completely agrees here. If a brand doesn't have trust then they don't, they won't win. The influencers use those social media networks to build that trust. So yeah. one of the things, so you've been, you know, an ambassador for brands. So, I mean, you've done it a lot. I've seen it on your page and all over the place. So let's kind of flip it because we're, we've kind of gone, we're real frustrated with all of this and we don't want to give people a downer, but like, so yeah. how do you, if you want to be an ambassador for brands, so how do you, what are they looking for in a good partnership? Like why are people coming to you and other than just your, your traffic, which is, you know, incredible, but yeah. what makes a good ambassadors, uh, what are they looking for, for a, for a partnership? Yeah. So, and I think this goes back to that connection and why, you know, social media is so important in our lives every day anyway, is a, like the, the brand is looking for, um, well, a good brand is right. looking, 
in the bottom line is they're looking for sales. And one of the ways they can get those sales is by going, you know, creating a legitimate relationship with a, a, a brand ambassador that has a legitimate relationship with their audience. And, and it's, it's not unlike, you know, um, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, you know, you would say, Oh, like you'd tell your neighbor about something and your neighbor would be like, of course, I'm going to buy that. Like Holly, you know, recommended it over the fence the other day. Mm -hmm. And that's literally what we're doing today in the fact that like, Hey, I really like this. And because you think about the internet, like this is very different than it was even like 10 years ago is 10 years ago, you were searching for something. You were like, Oh my gosh, I need this. And you would go search for it. Now there's a million of those, whatever you're searching for, there's a million. And so what the, what an influencer can help do, what like a good blog post, what a good um, Instagram post, what a good Facebook post, what a good video can do is tell that person, Hey, I know there's a million of these available out there, but this is the best one. Like I've tried several, or this is why I like this one. So you're actually cutting through the crap of the competition with a, with a good influencer. So there's a tweetable right there, cutting through the crap by Holly Hummer. <laughs> That's how you succeed on social media. So you know it's me if I put the word crap in the quote. Exactly. <laughs> so Eric, you want to you? I, I know you wrote a question too down here that you wanted to highlight and ask her. So um, what was that one? Yeah. So my thought was that even if you're in, say, maintenance mode on uh, Instagram, or even if you want to answer this for Facebook, uh, since you're more part of that strategy, um, when you're fighting against an algorithm, what are some of the tips or tricks to keeping engagement high? Yeah, so the, it's the same whether you're building something, whether you're trying to sal salvage what you have, what you're trying to claw up the declining algorithms. It's all the same is it's really a literal we do this every day and this is what we do it less on Instagram, which is why I'm not in the middle of it. But every day we go in on Facebook and we look at what did well and what didn't do well and try to figure out why. And then that's going to determine what goes on the page the next day. So if I was an active participant in Instagram today, that's what we'd be doing is we like, oh, you know, let's look at the last week. Hey, this craft did way better in, as far as engagement than all these other crafts. Let's go find some other things that are kind of like this. And that's how you build. And so if you have like a video that does really well on Instagram, figure out, was it the title? Was it the length? Was it the time of day? Was it like, what was it about that that did better than your last video? And then try to repeat, rinse and repeat. So it's literally a laboratory. Like, you know, you are a scientist in your social media laboratory and every single piece of content you put out there is an experiment. And the cool thing about looking at your social media account as more of a laboratory is that the failures give you as much, if not more data than the successes. And so it kind of takes the emotion out of it um, mm -hmm. for me. So, cause you're like, crap, that was like the best thing I've ever done. And it totally bombed. Yeah. But you're like, but why, like, why did it like, was it, did it, you know, was it the time of day? Did the keywords I use are something the algorithm doesn't like, you know, um, was I not friendly? Was I not smiling? Did my background look terrible? Like all these all these data points that we bring in every single day can be really, really important. Yeah. And we've got some great comments. Scott goes yeah. science. Cause he does a lot <laughs> I of love stuff. Science. Yes, he loves doing that. So um, one of the things is Trevor asked is like, can you define what you mean by did well now? Because, and I think it's going to, what Holly does well for Holly is going to be different for me because she's got a way bigger, you know what I'm saying? I think did well is relative in, in what you're looking for and what you're trying to achieve. So can you talk to them a little bit about that, what that means? This is actually one of my very favorite subjects to talk about. So we look at the page average. So like, um, so like what on my Holly Homer page on Facebook, for instance, I only have a, I have like 4,000 fans on that. So my average post does very differently than on my quirky mama Facebook page that has 3.5 million fans on it. So wh what I'm looking for is basically 
what does good, what does bad compared to average? And so when I play this little game, like, you know, like I'll, I'll schedule something or I'll post something. And then in the back of my mind, I just guess like what the reach will be. And I usually, usually use the reach number because that's the, e mm -hmm. that has all the math done for you already. And so when I come back to it, like 24 hours, 48 hours later, if it didn't hit my estimate, like, oh, I think that's going to reach, you know, 200 people. If it doesn't reach that, then I'm like, hey, that's kind of weird. That's what I expected it to do. Like that's based on what I've done in the past. That's what it should have done. Did it do better? Why did it do worse? Why? And that's um, it's probably the easiest way to go about it. So that way, when you're in the middle of your data on a daily basis and you're playing this little guessing game, it gives you a really good feel for like what things should be doing. And then when things go weird, Right. That's when like, you're like, huh, I need to look into that a little bit further. Cool. Yeah. That's a great thing. That, that, thanks for that question, Trevor. Cause that's uh, that Holly uh, gave you some uh, really gold nuggets right there. I want to bring up my comment from my friend, uh, Pat Mills. And she goes, the company I work for, we have built relationships with our customers and they promote our products for us just by sharing how their children are using it or loving it. IG is our biggest platform where this is going on. I don't have to ask them to do it. They just do it. So that's a great example. Thanks for sharing that, Pat. So uh, Scott asks, I will drop this in through the, can you tell them what the, where they can find the quirky mom? page because you mentioned that a couple of times. Yeah. So it's spelled exactly like that. And that's on Facebook. Okay. Very cool. So this next story I want to bring up is really interesting because it has to do with employee engagement, which uh, I want to talk about a little bit because I think it's going to be more and more important, especially if you have a business, even a small business that you may run into this. And this is a story from the financial times. And they had said that companies are trying to seek to capitalize employee influencers uh, and they're covering the risk and rewards of working with influencers. There's kind of a plus and mark, uh, the pros and cons in this article, because this is what happened. I don't know if you've been following the news is that this guy from Sherwin Williams, he was, he's a young college kid. He worked there part-time and he started doing these mixing paint and he was doing it, um, during store hours, but he was going and actually purchasing it with his own money, with his playing discount. And he, you know, he was, when nobody's in the store, he was mixing this paint and did this stuff on TikTok. Well, it blew up, went to millions of views. Everybody loved it. Well, uh, and he tried to go to the higher ups and said, Hey, I want to help with your social. Cause this would be great. And he kind of got the cold shoulder, shoulder, like, you know, don't call us. We'll call you kind of a thing. Um, and then eventually they fired him because they said he broke company policy because um, he was doing this. So this really has divided. If you read the comments underneath this article, people are saying, yes, employees, uh, you know, you have to, you, you can't let them do that stuff because they'll you know, abuse company time. And then other people are going like, that was the dumbest thing you've ever done, Sherwin-Williams. You should have hired him. And in fact, he actually got a job with Florida Paint, which is a smaller one where he's doing all this stuff now. So I would love uh, Holly for you to tell us what your what's your take on this, um, and you as well who are listening right now. What do you think should should we have? It, should you like they came down hard on this guy? I think, and so I just want to know what you guys' thoughts are. Yeah, so I have really mixed feelings about this uh -huh. because. Um, I see both sides because I'm, you know, I employ people and right. then I also am a social media influencer. But I think, oh, well, first of all, I think Sherwin-Williams managed this terribly. Yes. <laughs> like, right. I, and I really like to paint. So um, it's. <laughs> And I think, I think that's the biggest trap. Like that's the biggest lesson to learn is what they should have done. I think is pull him into a different part of the company, because I do think it's really hard for like morale in a Sherwin Williams store. If like one dude is like just doing TikTok all right. day and like right, the right. rest of the people are working. Right. So I do see that, but I also see the other side of this because for Sherwin-Williams, let's just go, go about, in fact, the interview that this guy who's now working for, for this other paint company, Florida Paint, I guess, mm -hmm. um, even mentioned it. So let's say he already has like 1.2 million fans on TikTok. Like, let's say Sherwin-Williams brings them into the fold and says, hey, let's, you're going to do social media for us, all that kind of stuff. And it just grows and grows and grows. And then at some point, it's a monster that has grown out of control 
that Sherwin Williams will not control it. Right. And that's the that's the problem is because he's going to say, oh, I could work for Sherwin Williams for fifteen dollars an hour or I could be an influencer on TikTok and make thousands and thousands of dollars. So this and then basically Sherwin Williams handed him that platform to a certain extent. So that's where this can go really, really awry. And in I thought it was really interesting in, in the interview recently with this guy, he was like, Oh yeah, someday I might like like start my own paint kind of, you know, right. paint combinations. He's working for Florida Paint and he just mentioned <laughs> on like TikTok that, right. or in an interview with this business magazine that he's he's going to be an influencer and he might make his own paint. So this is where this this like growth of like influencer thing can get out of control and it can be out of control for that for that so talk about the walmart one because i think that's really interesting too I, the one i was thinking was amazon go ahead so talk about the walmart one because i'm not sure i know exactly what you're talking about so like the walmart is now like letting 500 of their employees just like go crazy on social <laughs> media and i just think that's a really bad idea like and yeah, I, they have trouble just, checking me out anyway i know right? like, <laughs> I just like, how can you like this? Okay. Part of the reason why social media works is because the person can just talk like they can, like it's, they're not being controlled. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then if you're throw in Walmart legal and all that kind of stuff. Oh, so this is something that influencers like figure out really quickly. So let's say, and this is part of the problem with the, the direction that influencer marketing is going. So I have a big client and they come to me and they say, we need three Instagram posts. And so I, and then, you know, we talk about it and like, I, you know, pitch some ideas, they come back and they're like, yeah, we like this idea out of those. And, and so I make those ideas and then I send them to their legal team. Right. <laughs> so six weeks later, <laughs> I get these like these Notes. social media posts that were very timely six weeks ago with legal changes. And, oh, we need you to reshoot this because we want that different, you know, blah, blah, blah. Not organic anymore. And so that's what I don't think these companies are understanding. If you control the narrative of these employees, which you have to do legally, basically, mm -hmm. then it's not organic anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I worked for walmart back in the day i just see a whole bunch of nightmare scenarios yes. there i pulled pallets late at night that's not you don't want influencers there at all no at all. so eric what are your thoughts on this because i want to know what you think um for me it comes down to you know the relationship between the person here okay here's the thing we, we're talking about influencers on this this episode and my thought here is that a lot of people out there have this idea of okay anybody can just get started become an influencer and you're gonna blow up and I think the possibility of that is true, but the potential or the, the actuality of that is not so true. You have to actually create great content, do great things with your platform, et cetera, while it's you know still easy to democratize and all of that. That said, when there is some sort of rising star awareness, it is very important for the people that are the employee status or sorry, employer status to say, hey, while you're with us, let's capitalize this, keep you happy without, you know, bending over backwards. Right. But like, let's tap into your creativity. Let's show you we appreciate you. Let's do the right thing by you that if you choose to go elsewhere, at least you're not going to slam us afterwards. <laughs> That's from the part of the employer. From the employee standpoint, he did go about it the right way, approaching them saying, I want to do something different. I want to do something uh, you know, more uh, engaging and, and et cetera. Can I keep doing this? Can you make, you know, make a position for me or whatever? Right. I don't, you know, not being internal, not being this guy, I almost wonder, did he ask enough times and get in, get enough nose to then just boot and, and walk away but it, before it blew up publicly. But again, it was almost to his benefit that it blew up publicly because it drew even more attention to it. Right. So yeah. I, I, I have missed, I have missed uh, feelings as well. The funny thing is, is like his, his immediate supervisors loved it. They thought it was great. They tried to get him in front of corporate mm -hmm. and it just didn't work. And so, um, 
So what are your thoughts, Holly, about like, should, should businesses try to ride the, because co- if they're going to be an influencer, they're, they're probably not going to stick around forever because they can make more money. Like you said, doing it, you know, something, you know, somewhere else doing it on their, by themselves. Do you think that companies should try to ride the coattails and just make some really clear legal language, what you can and can't do for the amount of time. And then like, we know he's going to eventually going to be gazillionaire and whatever, but we're going to ride this as long as we can. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know what, you know, where the lines are drawn or, you know, I'm obviously I'm not a lawyer, but it seems to me that there could be some sort of influencer, you know, contract, like they could have brought Sherwin Williams could have brought him. In. I think this would have been a lot better idea, brought him in and say, Hey, um, we would like to sponsor your TikTok channel for the next, you know, two years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, And in exchange for that, this, you know, you are now going to be working, doing this, you know, I I would pull, I mean, I just see a big issue with him being like Mr. Paint Mixer guy (laughs) um, at the store, making the same amount of money as Mr. Paint Mixer guy, you know, standing beside him. But yet he's like the influencer on TikTok. I just, I, I just don't think a lot of good can come from that. So I think, I think he needs to be pulled out of that position, put in a new position that includes social media with clear cut, um, you know, like delineation and the, and quite honestly, the compensation that he deserves because like, it's not, I mean, you know, I have a friend that has million fans on TikTok, but like that doesn't come out of nowhere. Right. <laughs> There's some creative stuff that happens there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a mind that, that deserves a little bit more compensation than paint mixing at Sherwin Williams. Right. So here's some great comments. One's from Grace and she goes, he was mixing things like fruit with the paint on TikTok. It was really cool to watch, but corporate Grace <laughs> thinks that uh, he could use more media training and guidance. So that's a good point. And then Pat says, um, I feel that when it's employees doing it, you don't have the control, just like what uh, Holly was saying, but you need it when you pay someone to do nothing but promote you. You control the whole thing because that is what you're paying for. That's how she handles it with her job. So that's very, very cool. Um, yeah. And then Grace says, mixed paint, mixed feelings. So <laughs> there you go. Um, by the way, before we go into our, our next uh, thing, I want to let you guys know that, th- you know, when I press the right buttons, I'm using a really cool software called Ecamm. They are helping with the show as well uh, if, you, if you i mean i love their camera they're the the coolest bunch of people um it's really awesome to be able to bring in multiple people and have this kind of conversation so if you're interested in doing something like this a show like this make sure you go to ecam.com and check them out uh by the way eric I, I'm, I'm really excited about this next one because we have been talking about this um kind of back and forth and i talked to holly about before the show because she was on it as well so i wanted you to talk about and kind of t- and break it down for us this this uh twitter clubhouse thing that uh, may be coming out and, and your thoughts on that so take it away yeah so uh, i'll stick with the news first which is that twitter spaces is a thing now it's in beta so most people don't have access to it though we would like to and and or have signed up for it what it is is essentially twitter's version of clubhouse and if you're not familiar with what clubhouse is clubhouse is an um a a it's all the rage. All the marketers are talking about it right, right now, right. Uh, including us. But uh, it is expiring communal audio, essentially. Live audio, it's, yeah. It's live audio, chat rooms that uh, once you're once it's off, it's done, it's gone. Now, uh, I, w- I won't necessarily go into my opinion on Clubhouse just yet, but Twitter, the news this week was that they didn't buy the app, but bought the team that m- worked on and ran the app breaker podcasting app breaker this is a great sign for twitter and in terms of twitter spaces this is a great sign as well because it means they're bringing in actual audio and dev team people to work on this project and this product and with the backing behind them of twitter this is going to be pretty interesting it's i i feel like i'm seeing the meerkat periscope thing happen all over again in other words if you remember this was years ago where meerkat existed and it was the little fun little thing people are talking about it right then suddenly periscope shows up meerkat matter of months is gone and so it's interesting well, can i ask you this because um because periscope which has been 
viable on Twitter is phasing out like right. in the next month mm-hmm. or two. Right. Is this what's taking its place? Like it seems really weird that they would phase something out before they have something to replace it with. Well, it, it, so what's happening with Periscope is that it itself is going away, but Twitter live video is not. Uh, so okay. explain that to me. I, I could. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, in other words, Periscope in and of itself is going away, but live video on Twitter, it's, it's as if, imagine that Facebook, when it came out with its live video, named it something else, and it was mm. this whole other app. That's what's going away. Mm-hmm. Video will still be live on Facebook in this metaphor, but- Okay. now just more cleanly integrated into the brand, which is going to re- remain to be seen as to APIs and all that kind of stuff. That's still going to be worked out. So, right. So just before we go into, I know Holly, and I, she's got some thoughts, by the way, about this. Um, I'm but, not opinionated at all. <laughs> no, 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 it's genius because you like you are a scientist and I love hearing your thoughts. Um, the thing that uh, in TechCrunch is where a lot of this news came from is one of the things in Clubhouse has had some issue with this as well, um, with some things getting out of control in the room, some hate speech and some stuff like this. And one of the quotes they put in this article, it said, uh, but it remains to be seen if Twitter, a service that has publicly struggled with online toxicity and moderation failures, will be able to make audio networking a safe place for users to chat, or it will amplify Twitter's existing challenges in these areas. So, Clubhouse has already had some issues with this. Twitter is way bigger, has way more eyeballs on it. Is this going to be even more of a challenge? Are they going to open up a huge can of worms with this? Remains to be seen. But um, yeah, Holly, I want to know what your initial, because I saw you in there. I saw you on there with uh, somebody who is really, really on fire for it uh, in a room. And so I want to know what your thoughts are on Clubhouse. Yeah, so I, like, and for those of you who have never been on Clubhouse, basically it's like a audio chat room. So right. it's a, like a, kind of like a podcast at first in a lot of situations, but then, you know, people can pop on and ask questions and, and you can have panelists and stuff like that. Um, so I love, 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 love this idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think it's a really, really great idea. I think in the real world today, it's really, really hard to execute. And, um, and the whole vanishing, like, I, I like that in the fact that it makes people show up, but on the other hand, my life is just too busy to be on clubhouse all day. Like, cause you're like, literally it's, it's, it's one of those networks that's completely, you know, hinged on FOMO. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And what I found like after, cause I was, I spent um, probably a whole afternoon on it is like, at first I was like, Oh my gosh, this is the best thing I've ever been on. This is like incredible. And then a couple hours in it became like a complete echo chamber. And I think part of that is because of the moderation problems, any of these networks are going to have. And um, I mean, we see Facebook struggling with this. We see Twitter struggling with this and YouTube, all these places are very poorly handling this right now. Mm -hmm. And instead of making it safer, they're making it crazy. Like, and so I think that's another thing before I spent a lot of time on Clubhouse, I would want to make sure that it wasn't something I was going to build up and then it would be just ripped out from under me because I don't agree with the person that like runs the network. Yeah. So, and did you, the same problems, if this comes out on Twitter, you're going to see the same thing is what, yeah. yeah. So Eric, I want you to tell us your thoughts on it too. And, uh, you know, you and I did, uh, kind of went in there together with, uh, Ian Anderson gray. We had a room that w- it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. We had some great conversation, but, and then ask your question uh, of Holly as well. So what are your thoughts? Yeah. So my thoughts are, I, I see the benefit. I see the potential. I see the, Uh, This being something different than sitting on Zoom calls or having to watch live video. I mean, for that matter, a lot of people, when live video is playing, they'll cue into it and then leave it playing in the background to listen to it while they are doing other things. We are all so busy that paying full attention to something that's visual is hard to do. But if we can rip the audio component out of it and just pay attention to that, like probably some people are doing with this right now, you know, they're doing other things and they're busy. I'm not suggesting you should do that. Watch us. But (laughs) video requires extra attention, but there's still the audio component to that video. 
This, however, is audio only. So you can sit there, listen, and then still maybe look at something else or, you know, delete emails or things like that. But it's also less, um, I don't know. I, I think the thing, the thing for me, the biggest thing for me, that's a shame is some of the discovery stuff is, is kind of whatever. And I know people are like, well, you got to follow the right people. And I hear that all the time. Yes, I get it. But even so algorithms. So <laughs> that's, right. a, that's the word I will say. But the other pieces is, yeah, you and I, uh, Jeff and I, and Ian Anderson, Gray. Like I jumped in on your call the other day and that was the first time I'd had a meaningful kind of something happen on there. And I really appreciated it and I liked it, but no one can go see that, hear that, you know, no one can go listen back to that. You had to be there or now it's as if it didn't happen. And that's a shame. And I think that's kind of one of the downsides to it. So, um, but my question is, is, you know, then what is the ROI right now for this when it comes to spending our time on this and or for our business? So, Holly, I'd love for you to, to I mean, you, you like it. Um, what do you think is the ROI here? Yeah, so I actually think, I mean, first of all, it's a new social network and it seems to be catching some traction um, in a lot of um, areas. So if your customers are there, this is absolutely, if you haven't built anything anywhere, this is where I jump on because I feel like this, you could grow the fastest, you know, on this absolutely new kind of pristine platform that hasn't had a lot of <laughs> rules and algorithm, you no. know, <laughs> good or bad, um, happened to it. So that, but I do think, and this is where I have a problem with it. And, and I think where like not having an algorithm is a problem, which is funny because I, we were just complaining about algorithm, you know, there's things that are good and bad about them. But the thing is, is, is I don't have a clear grasp on who is on clubhouse like I can see who pops in there occasionally from my friend list, but I, those don't seem to be like the the daily users. And so that's where, you know, it's really hard to say, am I attracting somebody that would actually be, I think if you're in the coaching space or the make money space or something like that, I would run the clubhouse right now. <laughs> right. And they're there. <laughs> yes, they're all there. And they're all teaching you how to make money on the internet, which is where one of the reasons why I step back and say, what is a value of an echo chamber of a bunch of spam? Mm. Ooh, boy, that's, that's another tweetable well, right there. Uh, go ahead, Eric. <laughs> I want to say this real quick. It, it, what you just said does kind of harken back to what you said earlier about if you're just getting started, jumping in on the newest thing is going to be because there's less of an algorithm and you could really like make, you know, carve out deep and wide yeah. a quick niche for yourself. So that really does make sense. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's not all bad, you know, like, I know I just said really ugly things about it, but, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but it's not all bad because I truly believe, I mean, I, I have a podcast myself. I truly believe live video and, and speech that is so much easier to connect with someone else through your voice and your, and your image and your voice than anything else on the internet. So like if, because people can hear, like, even though, like I just said a bunch of, like, if you just like, just read the words that I just said, you would have, you wouldn't feel the heart that I'm like, Hey, no, like I'm saying these things, but like, I really am conflicted about it. I'm the, when you hear it with the voice, when you see it with video, like you can do on clubhouse, like you can do on live video, you're going to get more of the picture. You're going to get more of the context of whatever the conversation is. And I think that's really, really important for connecting true connections with other people. I think it's one of the reasons why, you know, all these video products have been launched on Instagram, like, you know, why people, because there is a connection that people can have through that. So if you can, and then the truth is, wherever you start making these connections, if they're true connections, they can be moved somewhere else. Mm. And these networks don't want you to know that, but it's absolutely true. So today, if you build a massive like connection base on Clubhouse and it gets like it goes away like Google Plus did and we all met on Google Plus, right, exactly. we will find each other somewhere else. And so that's where if you're just getting started, 
you just need to start connecting. You just need to find your people and and find that group because no matter where that is, you're going to be able to move them somewhere else someday. So we have some great comments. So I want to pull up some of this. Um, uh, So Scott thinks uh, Clubhouse is a Zoom call without uh, having to put a shirt on. So I thought that was a good one. And Scott, I kind of feel like a lot of people aren't wearing clothes. Oh, I heard somebody in the bath. They were in the bath. They were giving, I mean, that's a big thing now. We're in the shower. Too much information. But um, Abby says it is a major time suck. Yes, it is. Um, And Kim, thanks for tuning in. She goes, good point, Holly. Uh, So I was in, this is, I'm just going to go off a little, not off but just to talk about a little bit about this so kim invited me to a a room last night and i was in there and it took longer than i thought was with molly mahoney and something but i got to hang out with like one of the stars from 24 and he's in all these other movies and i mean like i took a screenshot because i was right by his face in my the app and i thought that that's cool i don't think it's a social network i think it's going to be a networking tool in fact um here this let's see uh, jill said i think clubhouse is teaming up with linkedin could be a powerful in terms of the networking and professional development i agree and i think it's like partnered with like a conference app where you could, you know, talk with that after and have hallway conversations virtually. Um, if like after a live show, like I've thought about after this show, like, Hey, we're going to go into clubhouse. We're going to talk for a little bit, like an add on thing. I think it's what we need right now because we can't go out. We're stuck in our house with our kids duct taped to the seats. Um, but I just don't know the long term. But back to Holly's point, all of the people that I built my business on, I met on Google Plus, and that went away. And just her thing about saying, like, move it to another thing. So networking, if you can network on there and it's your jam and it's not a time suck, do it. I think it's, it, you know, it's it's what you make of it. I just don't know long term what the ROI is going to be. The last question about this one I want to ask you guys is, and there's even been rooms about this on Clubhouse, will Clubhouse or even Twitter Spaces, will it kill podcasting? Holly, what are your thoughts on that? Never, never in a million years. Um, And the reason for that is because um, when I download a podcast, um, you know, I can take it with me. I can I can start and stop it. Um, It and and it's my direct line to that to that podcast. Um, Mm. And I was thinking about this the other day um, because like I am a like one of the reasons why I love podcasts is because that content comes to the content that I chose comes to me and then I get to do it on my time. So it makes it really, really convenient if you're busy or if you're, you know, if you're washing the you know clothes or whatever it is that you can pop in a podcast. Um, and one of the one of the things that has been kind of a hard thing for me and why I think this disappearing thing does not work long term for quality content and kind of like what Eric was saying is that like, I'm a huge um, fan of Joe Rogan, but when he went to Spotify only, I've only really listened to one or two of those podcasts because they're not being delivered to me in the way that I'm used to getting that content. And I think that's what the problem with this banishing content when you have to like, when I have to schedule my day around content that that I might be able to find somewhere else, a similar type of content that could be on my terms, I think that's different. And I do, I completely agree with it. I don't think it's a social network. I do think it's a networking thing. And I think as an add-on or as a show, as a networking event, that's where the power is. But right. saying, oh, it's going to like eliminate podcasts, I think is actually ridiculous i think it actually strengthens podcasts mm, that's a good point eric what about, i know you have a little podcast so uh talk about that yeah. a little bit well i think i think what this does do is it makes com- uh, let's talk about community uh i think what this does do is it brings conversation and actual networking and interaction um into a digital tool, but it's never going to kill podcasts podcasts aren't going to go away i mean like you said um holly my thing that I've chosen on my time where I want it. It's, it's what I want, where I want it, when I want it. And that is podcasting to a T that's also, you know, Netflix and Hulu and Disney plus and all those other things that have come along. 
this is kind of almost the equivalency of the old school TV model where if you missed it when it was on at 8 p.m. Tuesday night, you right. don't get to see it again until right. it's reruns. And then even that's not an option here. So this isn't going to kill anything. That, <laughs> but so kids, as, what happened yeah. back in the day? We used to only get to see channels like Knight Rider. Like, you know, if you missed it, it was gone and your friends would ruin it for you at the playground. And so yeah. now it's hard to understand, but that's what happened. Now, here's the thing that is a, an upside that, that is a feature and a, there's a pro and a con at the same time. So the FOMO does work in its favor, oh, yeah. but it also works against it. So there you go. But yeah, this isn't going to kill podcasting whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I do think like, I, like I spent that day on clubhouse and then it made me super homesick for just like hanging out with you guys, like at a conference or something like that. And so I do think like right now it's really hot because it's replacing what we're all yearning to do. Right. But the minute you let me out of my house and let us go sit down and have a drink at a bar, like I'm there. Right. And I'm not on Clubhouse ever again. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, that's, a, that's a very valid point. And so I think the only way I think it can survive is to say if it's an add on like we've talked about, like if it's an add on yeah, where that. it's like people can't like at a conference, like we use conference apps, like when we live in social media marketing world, the hookup, you know, go and, you know, get lunches and all that kind of stuff. Um, and being able to do that audio, like get everybody in a room and talk, hey, let's all go and do this, yeah. you know. That would be fun. All right. So we're running out of time, but this has been, you guys have been awesome. Uh, yeah. So Grace goes, can we DVR Clubhouse or does it only take VHS? <laughs> the funny thing is, Grace, is I did hook up for like the thing I was on with Kim last night. Um, I hooked up my, um, and I know it's probably totally illegal, but I recorded it from my um, my soundboard. <laughs> so I have a copy of it so I can listen again because I like to break the rules. Um, but this, speaking of breaking the rules, we've got a face, this last piece of Facebook news. Facebook has done a page redesign. If you haven't heard, pa uh, Facebook pages are being redesigned. They announced yesterday a significant change to the Facebook page experience for creators and public figures. So it's got a new look and feel, updated navigation, the introduction of a dedicated news feed, which is kind of weird, uh, a new text-based Q&A format for engaging fans, uh, page management tools. But the big news is that it looks like uh, they're going to do away with the like button. Uh, to focus on followers instead. So they said it's going to be a more direct measure, measure, measurement of how many people a page is currently reaching. And uh, so I wanted to know, because somebody here has an incredibly active and engaging Facebook page. Do you, one, do you have access to those pages? And what are your thoughts of that, Holly? Yeah, I actually haven't seen it other than um, on, you know, the, the articles that I've read. Um, so I don't have it um, personally yet. Um, I... It has been super weird to have likes and followers, like those two numbers. <laughs> right. um, I don't e I never even understood why those were there um, because like in my, I agree with them. Like if you liked my page and then unfollowed it, then I shouldn't get credit for you. <laughs> so, but like on Quirky Mama, those numbers have always been really, really similar. So I don't think it will change anything for us, but like what, like a like that never sees any of your content is, is worthless to you. So, um, so I, I think like that's all going in the right direction. I like the idea of them giving, it looks like you're going to be able to put more of a Q and a um, type of situation a little bit easier on the page. That's something that we built quirky mama on um back before the algorithm hated it is that we used to do we used to take reader like reader questions like you know kind of like a dear abby type thing and then um and then we'd have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people give their their opinions on it and and advice it was something that i love to do but then you know one day the algorithm just decided it didn't like it anymore so we had to stop doing it so like I like that direction because that is a community direction of people helping other people. Um, I do. And I guess that's kind of what they're trying to do with the influencers kind of having their own feed and that you can go and right. interact with other pages. I think that's going to be a huge fail. Um, I mean like a huge fail. <laughs> Why I don't is that? Think Why do you think that? Use that? But you don't think I just think, I don't think like, like, you, I don't know. You're on Facebook as a person and, and then a page is there to be a community builder for people. Like a page is not a person like, and I think that's one of the reasons why, um, 
the strategy on Facebook building a page and the strategy on Instagram building a page is a little bit different. On Instagram, it's basically that personality. And I think that's one of the reasons why we had better success on on Facebook with that same content, even though we like, you know, modified it for the other platform is that it's never been about Holly Homer. Like that's not, that's not what the quirky mama page is about. It's about, Hey, everybody who's in our community, I think we'll all like this. Whereas on Instagram more, it's more of like, Hey, this is what I had for breakfast this morning. And it's like, that's just not me. Like, like I, that, that seems like, why would you ever want to know that uh, from me? (laughs) Well, what did you have for breakfast this morning, Holly? (laughs) Oatmeal. Okay. Uh, so, um, so as we wrap up, so Eric, I need, you want to ask this next question, um, about, I know you wrote it in there about, um, community. Yeah. So my question is, is, are these changes too little too late when it comes to building community? I mean, how is the right way to, to grow your followers organically at this point? Yeah. So I do think, I, I, there's a sense of desperation that all these algorithms are having. Um, and I think Facebook is not immune to that. The funny, the other funny thing that you think about Facebook is every time they roll out new things, you have to remember the average Facebook user is old. Like <laughs> these are not teenagers who are just gonna pick up this new trend, like without even thinking about it. These are your parents. These are people who don't do social media for a living that are on Facebook every day. And so every time Facebook rolls out something new and like some new layout and some new features, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. It's like, you know, giving your grandma an iPhone. <laughs> and um and so like I I do think to a certain extent why they can't just figure out how to use like like use what they already have in a way that reaches more people that more people that want to see it and i think they're 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 putting lipstick on a pig to a certain extent where instead of just going back and saying hey what made us really successful why are people here um let's do more of that instead of like trying to trick us into like, why can't we just have a conversation in a Facebook post? Right. Like, why do we have to come up with a new way to have a conversation on Facebook? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so once again, uh, we've got some great imagery here. We've got grandma with fighting on an iPhone. But uh, anyway, so Holly speaks from experience, because if you have not checked out her page, you need to guys, you need to go check that out because she does and. I know the frustration is real for a lot of us. Um, but if you want to, Holly, I want to let you have the, we got a little bit of time left. I want you to let people know where they can find out more about you because you are very good on the socials and you do have a lot of wisdom to share with people. So where can people find out more about you? Yeah, I guess I should also say that I really do love social media. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've been like on a bitterness rant today. But um, but yeah, so um, I, I um, teach social media at hollyhomer.com. And I have, um, if you happen to have a website or cur- create content on a regular basis, I have a really fun um, little coaching group called Blog Freedom. And you can find that at blogfreedom.org. But um, we're just like... We are so blessed to be in this time period where we can do what we love to do online. Mm-hmm. And um, even though there is some angst involved, <laughs> like, right. it's such a blessing to be. I just always feel amazed that I got to like grow up and live in this time frame where we're able to do these things from home. So. Yeah. And don't forget, she has a very cool podcast that you can go check out at jamieandhollyshow.com. Make sure you do that. But before we wrap things up, I wanted to tell you guys about a new tool that I have been playing with that a lot of my social media friends are are, are talking about that I just started using. And it's called Lead Closer. Closer, And it's it's L-E-A-D-K-L-O-Z-E-R. And it's a friend of mine who is putting together. It's it's amazing. It's a growth tool for entrepreneurs that, um, you know, if you're missing leads, 
leads on Facebook because we talked about missing things at the algorithm. Um, and if you could wish you way, you could track people by engagements. Uh, you can get these individual leads. It's really, really cool. And I'm really kind of excited to see how I can use it for live video. So stay tuned about that. But my friend Steve McDonald is starting a challenge on Monday, January 18th that you need to check out. Uh, he's got a, a special page he put for me. If you go to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash lead closer, and that's L-E-A-D-K-L-O-Z-E-R. Go check that out because I think you'll like it, especially if you've been struggling with like missing people on Facebook. I think you'll really like this one. So make sure you guys check that out. And that is our show. Thank you guys so much, Eric. Uh, before we let you go, I want you to let you tell people all about your podcast and your show and everything you've got going. Yeah, check it out. Uh, I had a couple of great episodes to kick off the the new year recently, which you can with uh, John Jantz. We talked about resilience, oh, yeah. which is something obviously we all need right now. So make sure to check that out. Go over to beyond the to do list dot com. And then also make sure to go over and check out the social media manager school to get at least plus there's going to be more by the time I say this and people hear it. But uh, over 70 plus hours of social media training from seminars and webinars um, like you yourself, Jeff, you're in there. So go check that out or share that with somebody, you know, needs to hear it. Very, very cool. And as always, you guys can go to um, socialmedianewslive.com, sign up for our email list where you can find out all this stuff that we're, we're going to be sharing, these new live shows, some tools, all that kind of cool stuff. Socialmedianewslive.com, very simple site. Just enter your email and name and you'll be able to do that. Um, and make sure that you tune in next week as we uh, get ready to do, I'm clicking all sorts of wrong buttons right now, but um, as we get ready for another great podcast and live show with another special guest thank you guys so much i want to appreciate uh, i want to say a shout out to scott and grace and pat and kim and all our friends who showed up today you guys are awesome and we will see you next time bye now all right guys thank you that was a great recording i'm sorry i'm, I'm getting used to this interface if you noticed <laughs> we've been flashing strange people's faces up on screen and that was my fault because i'm trying to get the right button so I'm flashing people i'm flashing people Shh, don't tell anybody so uh grace says thank you this is so much fun grace thank you for uh, everything that you have done uh and scott goes you called us old holly so yeah. i know i feel i feel that every day we, I, yeah, that's right so uh yeah scott goes uh, he agrees with you that pages are just some uh, gonna scam other uh, spam other pages so yeah really interesting week with news so uh yeah but, but holly thank you so much and eric thank you for sliding into that that uh seat there the co-hosting seat yeah. and helping me out so that was really fun thanks so much yeah thank you guys and thank you guys for watching we will see you guys next time bye now Social Media News Live.